0: So let's take a human-centric view of the universe with the big bang about 13 billion years ago, the origin of life more than three billion years ago, the great Cambrian explosion that gave rise to all, human, uh, all animal forms on the planet more than half a billion years ago, the origin of primates sometime after the dinosaurs disappeared, the origin of apes a few tens of millions of years ago, the origin of the genus Homo about two million years ago, and the origin of us maybe a couple of hundred thousand years ago. Now, I've actually played a trick on you because the scale is logarithmic, making us look very important. So let's instead take a look at the time scale in a proper form going back in billions of years. We have three domains of cellular life, which interchange some genetic information we humans are such a tiny, 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 tiny little branch on eukarya that you couldn't possibly put us on this scale. So we need to zoom in into millions of years before present and recognize, of course, that we are a part of the primate lineage. But even among the primates, we are a tiny, minor branch, uh, most closely related to bonobos, chimpanzees, and gorillas and orangutans that we call the great apes. But as you can see from this figure, That's a misnomer, because we are more similar to chimpanzees and bonobos than they are to gorillas. So now we need to zoom in even further into the time span since our common ancestor with the chimpanzee and the bonobo. And here, we are mostly dependent on fossil record, even though we have a little bit of DNA now. And uh, there's a lot of controversy about what these fossils mean and differences of opinion. So we, in this figure, we take after Bernard Wood and simply indicate the existence of various fossils at various time points. And of course, you can see that there were such things as Ardipithecus that you may have heard about, various Australopithecines, some dead-end lineages like Paranthropus, and then the genus Homer about two million years ago, eventually uh, giving rise to us. So now let's zoom in in this time period, perhaps the most controversial subject today, which is the last couple of hundred thousand years. There were certainly some branches of Homo erectus and its descendants around, and such as maybe Homo floresiensis. The Neanderthals were around for a couple of hundred thousand years. A group called the Denisovans, identified primarily by DNA, were around, we don't know exactly when they appeared and when they disappeared, but they were close cousins of Neanderthals and humans. And then, starting in Africa sometime, maybe a couple of hundred thousand years ago, what are called anatomically modern humans, Eventually, we think giving rise to us behaviorally modern humans, but there's a lot of controversy here as to who gave rise to who and how many ancestors were there really present. One thing is clear though, there's only one species of homo surviving today. In fact, current evidence suggests that all you humans in this room, in fact all humans on Earth, may have arisen mainly from a few thousand ancestors living a couple of hundred thousand years ago in Africa. And so we behaviorally modern humans gradually replaced all other closely related species over the last few tens of thousands of years. This, if you think about it, is rather different from what happened to most other groups of species where you have lineages where you have multiple taxa living in their individual environments. And many may have died out, but there's always a few representatives. In this case, there's only one left standing. So the question today is where, when, and how did this behaviorally modern group of humans, that is us, originate? And there are many theories about this. The gradualistic theory, which is the default and more parsimonious view, is that we simply evolved gradually by a process of natural selection from some ancestors and ended up where we are. But then there are saltational theories, which would suggest that there were specific events or population bottlenecks. It's important to recognize that while you hear both kinds of theories today, they're not mutually exclusive, and some combination may well be the answer. After all, think about it. This only happened once, so it's like a murder mystery. When you have a murder mystery, you don't leave any clues unturned, and you don't assume that the most logical and rational uh, course of events was what actually happened. It could be something else, so keep that in mind. So what are the factors that could have influenced how behaviorally modern humans originated? Here are some topics that'll be pretty extensively, I think, addressed by speakers today. Climate will be addressed by Rick Potts. Anatomy by Chris Stringer. Behavior by Alison Brooks, Lynn Wardley, Osef Bar-Yosef, and Ian Davidson, who will talk about things like tool making, symbolic object making, art production, death rituals, and so on. And language by Chris Errett. Here are some factors that may not be fully addressed by speakers today, because we just don't have the time to deal with all of them. Geology, such as the supervolcano Toba, you'll probably hear about that today. A group of us in CARTA have collaborated to find evidence of an infectious disease that was killing newborns and infants a couple of hundred thousand years ago, which could have contributed to uh, the, the type of bottlenecks that some people think existed. So maybe pathogenic bacteria, maybe there was an infectious origin of modern humans as in a contribution. There are cognitive issues, such as the emergence of what is called theory of mind, our ability to do exactly what I'm doing right now, to read all your minds and for you to read my mind. And this is the subject of the next symposium, but it will be brought up today. And finally, there are more difficult to prove things, psychological things, such as mortality, denial, optimism, bias, and so on. So the final question to be addressed is, how much did we interbreed with our extinct evolutionary cousins? And with regard to Africa, this will be addressed by Mike Hammer. With regard to outside Africa, by Ed Green. So coming back to our uh, slide of the last timeline that we're most concerned with, it appears that there was some limited interbreeding with other humans. But one thing is clear we eventually replaced all of them, even though we interbred with them. And that is the question today to be answered. How, why, when, and where did this happen? And how did we end up being the sole standing hominin species on the planet today? So, with that, I'll hand over to the first speaker, who's Rick Potts.